any one name to describe our God. He reveals himself to us in different ways. We know him by many names. And each one points back to a characteristic of who he is, what he's done, and what he's doing today. He is the creator, speaking life into everything that moves, everything that breathes here on this earth, in the sea, and in the sky. provider. Everything we have is from his faithfulness to give us all that we need in this life. He is a promise keeper. From generation to generation, his blessings are over us are abundantly more than we could ever need or deserve. a healer. No, he is the healer. Able to mend a broken heart, any disease, any addiction by the power of his name. Cause you're handing out the prayer. 
Shake 
God, you chose us before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in your sight. In your love, you predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ in accordance with your pleasure and your will. In you, we have redemption through your blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of your grace that you have lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Father God, thank you for your mercy, your grace, and dying on the cross for our sins. We ask you to come to this place. We welcome you here. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to trust you more, serve you more, worship you more. We just want more of you, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, we know that you are a good God and you are in control. We lift up Israel right now. You are the defender of Israel. We know that Israel is your land. We rebuke the enemy and pray for the protection of your people. We lift up the Israeli defense team. We pray that you would give them supernatural protection, wisdom, and guidance to protect your land. We pray for innocent civilians on both sides and the ones captured or injured. Be with them, Lord Jesus. Comfort them and protect them. And we pray this in your holy, holy name, Jesus. first time visiting with us in person or online, welcome. We're so glad you decided to worship with us today. At New Covenant, we invite all people in the communities where we live to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ. You can learn more about NCC and become part of our church family or join a volunteer team by going through our Connect class online or by attending one of our in-person upcoming classes. If you would like to bless what God is doing through the ministries at NCC with your tithes and offerings, you can use the offering boxes or give online at newcovenantlampasses.com. If you have any questions about what's going on at NCC or want more information on how to get connected, please stop by the hub desk after the service. Again, we are so glad you're here with us this morning. Now let's open and prepare our hearts for the word. Whether you're joining us here in person or online, welcome. We've got just a, I've got a couple things that I wanted to highlight this morning before we get into the word. First of all, um, if you've been with us for a year or more, you know that every Thanksgiving we do a Thanksgiving drive for our local Lampasas mission. Uh, we we fill these sacks with food, uh, whole Thanksgiving meals. Uh, there's a list on here, so if you um, just fill out the list, and there's we have 300 sacks out there. Uh, that's our goal this year is to do 300 plus uh, full meals this year. The table's right here in the foyer, and you can just pick up one or several of those on your way out. Uh, we're doing something a little different this year. In the past few years, we've done some competitions between our children's ministry uh, and youth ministry and early childhood ministry to see which one could raise the most. Uh, this year, we're going to just combine all forces um, and try to break uh, 300, as I said. But we've got like a stair-step reward deal. So uh, we're going to be doing some... Uh, Hum, uh, humiliating of ourselves. 
<laughs> so 200 meals, if we get to 200, one time before we broke 200, it was actually two years ago, we got, I think it was like 223, 226 meals. Last year, we were just under 200. But if we break 200 meals this year, Pastor Lance, our generation's pastor, Amanda Allen, our youth pastor, Megan, uh, Pastor Lance's wife, and our children's minister, and Tammy Self, our early childhood minister, will all get pies in their face. Um, and so, uh, and some of them don't know that yet. I don't know that we, <laughs> they're, they're finding out with you this morning. Um, I did, well, I'll get to that in a second, but um, so if we get to 250 meals, our worship pastor, Brandon, uh, Brandon Thomas, uh, Jeff Crawford, our uh, executive pastor, Evan Lecker, our assistant worship pastor, and Mike Self, an elder and, and also a part-time uh, staff pastor, will get their pies in the face. And, and it is, it, it, so if you get to 300, you get everybody. It's, it, it, it escalates. So that's, that's the goal. So at 300, and these I did ask their permission in advance, and I was graciously surprised. I, I thought we might get a, nope, you can't put our name in there. But they, they all graciously uh, said they would participate. So myself, Pastor Darrell, Mike Pitts, and David Lowe uh, will, will participate in that as well if we get to 300 plus. And our plan is to do that in the children's ministry. Uh, we may do it on a youth night um, on a Wednesday night, uh, we'll, we'll figure out those logistics when we hit it and all that. And it's from uh, this Sunday through November 5th. So all, this, all the sacks need to be brought back in and you just return them here at the church uh, by November 5th and we'll get all those counted up and see where we fall in that, in that tally and who all gets to participate. And we'll video that and we'll show it you know, here on Sunday morning so you all get to participate and see the, the kids' enthusiasm. Um, one last announcement on many of you uh, probably already know, but we're having a church-wide family fellowship and uh, turning it into an anniversary party as well for the church. Our, the church's birthday is in, in October every year. Uh, and so on October 14th, that's this coming Saturday, from 4 to 7 p.m., we're going to have a, just a, a church-wide family event. We've got a disc, call, disc golf course back here that'll be available. We'll have a food truck and, and other food uh, for purchase in the parking lot here. Uh, we'll have a cornhole tournament, board games in Common Grounds. If you want to bring your own game and, and pre-set up a group, you know, to meet in there and play, you know, do whatever you planning you'd like to do. But, um, and we'll have, like I said, we'll have cards and games there, but you can, you can bring your own. We'll have all kinds of games and things going on for the kids in NCC West. So our plan is just to have a day of fellowship together and provide an opportunity for us to gather uh, and get to spend some time with each other as a whole body. So I hope you will make plans to join us for that. Well, if you have your Bible with you this morning, you can open to Matthew 25, 14 through 30. I'm going to reference some of that. Those, that passage isn't going to be up on the screen because it was one that I added a little later. But um, if you turn there, you can follow on a little bit on that when we get there in just a moment. We're concluding this series that we've been on this morning uh, on the kingdom purpose. And we've been looking at just what our purpose individually and as New Covenant Church, what we believe our kingdom purpose is in, New, in Lampasas and the surrounding communities uh, that we get to uh, participate with and live in. Many of, many of you are coming from other uh, of the communities in the surrounding area. And so we've just been looking at what is God calling us to do and how can we participate with him in that. Last 
last Sunday, we talked about stewardship primarily around what we have as far as the, the financial blessings and things that God has given us to steward. And we're going to talk about stewardship again, but this morning it's going to be more uh, about our talents and giftings, abilities that God has given us. And before we get into that, I want to re, uh, read that definition of stewardship again, because biblically there's uh, something about that word that's different than what might come to your mind, which you might think, well, that's just a manager or somebody who's taking care of things, and that's true. But there's a specific part of stewardship that's, that's very important that we need to understand both with our finances and the abilities and talents that God has blessed us with. So the definition of stewardship is the management of a household or of household affairs, specifically the management, oversight, and administration of others' property. And that last part is what really delineates what stewardship is and how that's different from just, you know, because you could, you could manage your own things, you could manage your own affairs, you could manage your own finances, but stewardship is when you're managing something that doesn't belong to you. And what I want us to, to understand this morning is that even our abilities, our giftings don't belong to us. They've been given to us, just like everything else. I love the last song that we sang in the, in the worship this morning, that the very breath in our lungs is from God. It's a blessing, and we, we can't take that for granted. And we, we take so much for granted so frequently. And I want us to understand that all of these giftings, all of these blessings have been given us to be stewarded by God. They're his resources. They're his giftings. Uh, and they've basically been given to us on loan. And that's the, that's the first uh, place we're going to look this morning, that passage that if, if you had your Bible and turn to Matthew 25, 14 through 30, we're just going to, I'll read a few scriptures starting in verse 26 here in a moment, but I just want to give you the highlight of what that parable was. Jesus started that out in, in verse 1, talking about something else, but he, he goes from that to this one and, and combines them both. And he said it was that the kingdom of heaven will be like these two things. And so this second example, he's applying the same thing to this parable. So he's saying the kingdom of heaven will be like a master who goes on a journey and leaves his servants as stewards managing some of his affairs. And he leaves them his property. One, he gives five talents. And this word for talents, biblically, is an amount of money. Uh, but it, it really is, uh, applies, like I said, to, to giftings, to abilities. And you'll, you'll see that more as we look at this parable closer. But we'll also see it as we look at another passage here in just a moment. But specifically here, it's talking about uh, the amount of money. And so he gave five talents to one, another two, and another one. This is where it gets into the ability. Then Jesus says the reason and the way that he decided he would give one five, one two, and one a single talent was in accordance with their ability. So the more able, the more talented they were with ability, decided how many talents or the amount of money of his possessions that he was going to give them to manage. So according to the parable, the master goes away on a trip and he comes back and it says that the first two doubled what they had been given. So the one that had been given five, he returned 10 to the master. The one with two returned four. But the third one returned just the single talent because he had buried it in the ground and done nothing with it. And this, uh, the master was very grateful to the first two. He said, you've been faithful over a little, so now I'm going to put you over much. 
Um, but this is what he said to the, to the third one, and he scolded him. He said, starting in verse 26, if you have your Bible, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him who, and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So he gave these talents according to the ability of the servants. uh, And he required of them a return according to their ability. And we're going to come back to that in just a moment. But there's an important question that I want us to answer and think about as we go through this message. And that's, are these talents, are these giftings, who are they for? Are they for us, for our own benefit, to do with what we see fit and for our own reward? Are they for other people? Are they for God? What do we have them for? What are we stewarding them for? And I believe Scripture's clear. In 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, it says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So used to serve others for the glory of God. And you see that word again, steward. Each one has received a gift, is what verse 10 says. And we're to steward it. We're to take care of it because it's not our own. You've been given the talents. You've been given the abilities. You've been given the giftings that you have. Part of stewarding them is improving them. They improved the talents they had been given with the ability they have. The one with five brought ten. The one with two brought four. But the one with one did nothing with it. He buried it in the ground. So you know, you, you've got professional athletes who were born with a talent or ability. But what they were born with wasn't enough for them to function at the ability that they're, that they're doing in their, their given sport. They have to work hour after hour after hour, day, week, month, year on year. Golfers will put like, I think I've seen before where they'll be like do a thousand putts in a day. You know, it's doing that same action over and over and over and over and over to, to improve it at the minuscule level to get it just right. So, yes, you could say they've been given, you know, they were born that way. Yeah, and then they put in a whole lot of work and time. And that's what this passage is saying is everyone has a gift. Everyone has an ability And it's been given, but then there's going to be a requirement or an expectation according to that ability that you've been given to steward it, to take care of it for the Lord. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, starting in verse 4, it says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, 
but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. There it is again. One, it's given to us. We're given to it by God. Who's it for? The common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish, to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Sounds a little bit like the parable we just said. The master looks at his servants, sees what the abilities are, sees the talents and giftings and abilities that he's given them, and then apportions these giftings as he sees fit, and then expects them to be used. I added verse 28. It won't be on the screen, but this is what verse 28 says. It says, And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Now we're talking or reading a lot of giftings here, and you may see some of these gifts and think, oh yeah, that that one, I think I might have that gifting, or I've operated in that gifting, and that's great. Um, But the purpose of this message isn't, we're going to talk a little bit about one specific gifting, but it's more just about my personal testimony, not so much talking about the gifting. This morning, what I want us to really understand is that that we're given our gifts to be stewards of them. We're supposed to do something with them, whatever it is. So we're not, it's not a, a message on the gifting of whatever. It's you've been given a gift, steward it, manage it for the glory of God and for the common good of the body of Christ. So in that verse 28, the reason I added it, it has one Uh, It says administrating. I don't think we think about administrating or administration. And that word can also be translated as guidance or leadership or government in the church. Um, But we don't really think about that when we think about a gift that God's given people. You've got prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helping. All those sound pretty good. And then you get to administrating. It's like, ooh, who wants to be like, ooh, that's the one I want. That one sounds really exciting. So... Uh, Many of you are aware, I've shared part of my testimony before, that I felt called to the ministry when I was 13 years old. And I really believed that I was going to go to Bible school. I was even uh, signed up for Bible school when I graduated high school, and God changed that all around. And I went to a a secular college that didn't even have one Bible class. And um, so nothing went as I had planned, as I thought it was supposed to go. And when I thought I was going to graduate and go right into ministry, Yeah, that happened like almost 20 plus years later. Uh, And so God had other plans. And but he had gifted me with administration. That was something that like part of it, I would say, like a professional athlete, you're born with some talents. But then I worked on it and and developed it. And that was my career in IT. I I managed teams and people and finances and all these things. And that was basically what I did was administrate. And verbatim, I can't tell you on how many occasions I had this conversation with God in prayer. I'm not supposed to be here. (laughs) I'm not supposed to be doing this. You called me to ministry. What am I doing administrating? 
And I know I've, I've read through the Bible many times over my life, and I know I would have read this passage many times, but that passage never stood out to me. God never lit it up and was like, you're administrating for the Lord, um, and you're going to do it later. Like, no, I just was miserable because I felt like I was called to something, and I wasn't getting to operate in it. And timing is huge uh, in, in the kingdom of God. It's it, in, in, in anything that we're, we're in process in, we think that we're ready for something. We look at other people's giftings. I think we've all uh, had the day or time where we look at what somebody else has or the gifting and the talent that they have, and we're like, that's what I'm supposed to have. But we don't have that one. And I shared with the first service, uh, one of the things that I, if I was to say I was, you know, I have a heart's desire, because I have no gifting and no calling to it. Um, But I've always enjoyed singing. I love to sing. I love to worship God. Uh, I can't carry a tune for the life of me. There's, there's times that like maybe in the shower or whatever, if I close my ears, I think, I think I'm on to, like, I think I hit it. I hit that note that time, like, I'm there. Um, and then, and then all it takes is one person like my wife to actually hear me singing. And she's like, Ooh, like, you just, just like, yeah. Can you keep that to yourself, please? But sometimes we have those desires and we think this is supposed to be shared with the world. And God's like, no, that's for you and you alone. But what I can say is he has given you a gifting and ability according to the giftings and ability that he gave you at birth. But you have to work on those things and you have to steward those things and you have to use those things for the common good of the body and those around you and for the glory of God. And sometimes there are things that we don't want to do. And what I found when I, when I got called the New Covenant as the executive pastor was God used all those administrating abilities in the church. And you see it, and I'm like, you, you, it, it just almost doesn't even fit here. You're like apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing. And then you get into helping and administrating and then back to speak various kinds of tongues, speaking in tongues. And you're like, how do those go? Because it's a big picture. And God needs a whole lot of work done in the kingdom. And he's divvied out the work. Many of us, I have a personality where I try to do everything myself. You know, you ever said to yourself, well, it's easier for me to do it (laughs) than to ask somebody else. We're trying to hold on to everything ourselves. We're trying to do it all ourselves. Well, that's not the way the kingdom of God is. That's not the way that God has called us to walk in his body. He said, I'm going to distribute the gifts We've, we can look at our, our, our gifting and perspective is so huge because we see something and we, I see things in a certain way and it's different from the way a lot of other people see things. But it's a unique perspective that's needed for the function that God's called me to do. But I could look at somebody else's gifting and say, well, we don't even need that one. But that's because all that I can see is what God gave me the vision for and the ability for and the talent for. And that's the spot he put me in. But we absolutely need all the other gifts. We can't do it by ourselves. And somebody else may be on the other extreme of the other side of the giftings and look at what I'm gifted and be like, we really don't need what he's got. We'd be fine without him. But it doesn't work that way. God has given 
all the body, everyone, apportion the giftings to each as he wills for a purpose for the common good of the body and to give him glory. Romans 12, 6 through 8 says, Having gifts that defer according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Here we see that word defer again. He gives us different stuff. Our gifts defer from one another. But what does he say there at the end? Use it. Use the gifting that God has given you. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And again, it said at the beginning in verse six, they're gifts that have been given to us to steward, to take care of, They don't belong to us. And they're different. It's okay if somebody else is different from you. It's okay if their gifting is different from you. It's okay if they minister to a whole different part of the body. We need them too. Sometimes we don't want to do what God has asked us to do. We want to do what we want to do. You know, in the... I've said this before that we're, we're a family and we're going to look at some, some scriptures that show how the body of Christ is a family. And in our family, I've said many times that there's things that we do just because we're part of the family. You know, the kids get to contribute or do chores or things like that, not for an allowance, not for, you know, money or whatever. And there's things that we've, you know, paid, paid them for to teach them how to steward and things like that. But, but there's things that they're going to do just because they're part of the family. And, and this morning, I was uh, emptying the dishwasher. It was like 5 a.m. or so before, before I was going to come in this morning. And as I was emptying it and thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, I'm not gifted to empty dishwashers. I'm not called by God to empty the dishwasher. I shouldn't have to empty the dishwasher. And I, I, I'm joking. But, but one thing I want us to get across in this message and want you to understand is this does not give you the license to say, I'm not going to do that because I'm not gifted. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to touch that because I'm not called. No, there's things that you need to do as part of the family of God that you're not called to. You're not gifted. You don't want to. I've done many, many things. We, Kenny and I uh, both served in children's ministry, and she's continued to do that here. I think she is called and gifted in that. I'm not, or at least I proclaim and profess <laughs> by faith that I'm not called to that ministry, but I've served in it for years. For years, God had me work in that area and taught me a lot of things. And I saw things that I probably needed to know and, and get things out of it, and God poured into me in it. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like it. I didn't get excited in the morning because I was going to go get to do it. It was something that I did because God said, you're going to do this for a season. And I said, yes, sir. Because you asked and you've given me enough ability, enough talent, whether I like it or not, to do it. Now, there's things that there's a difference between serving in an area, emptying the dishwasher. That probably took me 10 minutes. You don't have to love something to do it for 10 minutes. You just do it because it needs to be done. But if I was called to be 
an emptier of dishwashers, eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, I'd call quits at some point. Like, I, then I would be like, God, I'm not called to this. I'm not gifted for this. I can't do this over and over and over all day, every day and be satisfied because this isn't what you've put in me. That's two different things. So I want to make that clear is that when what you see, we're talking about those areas in your life that God may say, like, this is really what you're called to, gifted to, that you're going to spend the majority of your time in. It may be your profession. Uh, it may be uh, what you do in an area of ministry, volunteering, whatever. But there's going to be things that you don't want to do. You never like doing it, but you're still going to have to do it. Uh, and there's things even in the family of God that we get to do, that we have to do just because we're part of the family. There's also a very key point about being in the right place in the right time. I was thinking about Winston Churchill this morning when, uh, when he literally helped lead the world in a time that all of world history could have taken another turn. But God had certain men in certain places and women in certain places that were doing things that if they hadn't have been there, things would have turned out very different. But there are people with fantastic giftings and abilities you could have taken Winston Churchill, put him in a different circumstance, at a different, and if you know the history of him, he failed miserably over and over and over. Uh, I can't remember how many times he ran for just, you know, to be the prime minister and, and failed, but like had a very difficult time. And if he'd have given up, quit, but it wasn't time. But when it was time and with the abilities that he had, he was the right person for the job. But you could put very successful people in certain situations and circumstances in another situation and circumstance, and they would fail miserably. It's not what they're gifted for. It's not what they're called for. And so there may be things that you found yourself in or situations in that you may just be one. You might be trying to do somebody else's gifting. You may know what God's called you to do, and you've just been stubborn and said, but I don't want to do that. I want to I want to sing, you know. It may also be that you're in the right area, but it's just not time. And God's building you up, building your character, building your abilities. So I touch on a, on a passage in Esther, chapter 4, 13 through 14. There was a time in history similar. You know, Israel's getting attacked. They, they were attacked just yesterday. And I was, uh, this, this passage from Esther was brought to mind where Mordecai was talking to Queen Esther. And at this time, uh, there was a man literally trying to take out the nation of Israel, just like uh, Hamas would, would love to do if they had the ability. And, and this is what Mordecai told Esther. He said, do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. He was telling Esther, you've been given the ability, the place, the position, all those things God put you in that place for this time. And it was exactly that that played out. God used Esther in that place with her abilities, with her talents that he, has put, he had put in her to literally deliver the nation of Israel from utter destruction. God has given you a talent and a purpose and a gifting in accordance to your abilities. And they're for a purpose. They're to be used in his kingdom
There's something that stood out to me this morning in that parable that I'd never seen before. The parable of the talents, uh, you know, they'd been given the talents in accordance with their abilities, the five, the two, the one. And I was just thinking about it, how in our day and time today, in the way that the world would, would think or do things, and Jesus started that out with saying, the kingdom of heaven is like this, and then told that parable. Um, if we came back to that situation and we were, we were the master and had left our, our servants in charge of those things, and if we were talking again about how we might handle things today, we would come back to that one talent servant and he would say, hey, I knew you expect a lot and have high standards and I didn't want to mess up, so I just brought you your one talent back. Thank you very much. We would probably say, you know what, that's okay. That's not what I was hoping for, but you're not very talented. I didn't expect much of you. That's why I only gave you one talent. Don't worry about it. We'll try again next time. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And he gave five and two and one. But he said he gave them out according to their ability, which he had also given them. And he expected a return. He expected it to be stewarded. He didn't expect a lot. He said, if you had have merely carried it to the bank, instead, which would have been less effort than digging the hole in the ground, if you'd have just taken it to the bank and got me some interest back, you would have done a little bit with the little ability and talent that you have. But you did nothing with it. In the kingdom of heaven, there's an expectation for stewardship with whatever ability. And you may say, well, I haven't been given much. I don't have that much talent. I don't have that much ability Well, give it to God. Use it to the glory of God. Use it for the common good of the other people, of the other believers, of the people that you are around with every day of the week, your family, your friends, your neighbors. Use what you've got. Use what you've been given. And God will multiply it. He will do with it what only he can do. But there's no room for the people that say, I'm going to bury it in the ground and do nothing with it. God said, I've given it to you for a reason. I gave you that ability for a reason. I gave you the talent for a reason. I gave you the resources for a reason. Use it for the glory of God. Be obedient to what he's calling you to. I want to look at two scriptures before we close. It's John, 12, John chapter 1, 12 through 13. And these, I've mentioned and I've referenced it that, that we're like a family. And these two scriptures, there's many scriptures that would would show that, but these two scriptures make it clear. Verse 12 of John 1 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. If we've accepted Jesus Christ in our life, if we've been forgiven, we've been transformed, we're a new creation, we are children of God, and if we're both children of God, then we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Verse 13, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And 1 Timothy 5, 1 through 2 says, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters in all purity. 
We're a family. We're supposed to treat each other like a family. Anybody want to raise their hand in here that has a perfect family? No. Okay. Making sure. No, no hands. And I'm going to put mine down. There's no such thing. But there's something about being in a family. It mentioned it there in that first scripture that we read. It's by blood. No matter what you do, you can't get out of your family. You can leave it. You can abandon it. But you're still family. You can get divorced, but if you've got children, you you know, I talk with families who have one, two, three, four, five, you know, Christmases and Thanksgivings and like you're still connected. You can't sever those bonds. You may even abandon uh, or have someone in your family abandoned your family and go away and maybe they're gone for 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, or maybe you never see them again for the rest of your life. They're still family. It's still a relative that will always be a relative. It's just a fact. So if you are a child of God, if you have been saved and asked Jesus into your heart and become a child of God and we're your brothers and sisters and the other churches in town are part of the same body of Christ and there are extended family and brothers and sisters, uh, whether or not you choose to be in this house or in one of those houses of worship or you choose to not be in any you're still stuck with us. Every single one of us, the ones that you might look up to are the ones that you might not want anything to do with. And you may look at other people and be like, you know what, we really don't need them. We don't need their gifting. We don't need what they have to offer. Well, that's a lie from the pit of hell. We need everybody We need everybody in the family of God. We need every part of the body. It's not just new covenant. It's every body in this city, every body in this state, every body in this nation and throughout the world. And God has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us. And whether you've been given five talents or two talents or one talent, it's needed. And you've been given an ability in proportion to that talent. And God wants you to use it to minister to those around you and for his glory. And I just want to encourage you this morning that there is something for you to do in his kingdom. He has given you that talent, that ability for a reason. Seek the Lord, pray, take time this week, 10 minutes even. Turn off your phone, turn off the TV, turn off the computer, turn off all the distractions and take just a moment to say and to ask God, what have you given me to steward? What do you want me to do with it? How can I use it in your kingdom? How can I use it in my family, at the place that I work, in my school, everywhere that I go? How can I be a good steward? Because it doesn't belong to you. And my talents don't belong to me. They belong to him. And they've merely been loaned for us to take care of. And there will be an account. He will come back or we will go to him. And he's going to ask, what did you do with it? What did we do with it? We want to be faithful stewards. We want to take care of it. There's so many things that he uses in the kingdom. Like I said, my giftings, I thought they were useless. I thought they were pointless in the kingdom. I was like, I don't need any of this. Well, guess what? It's needed. 
We need administration in the church. We need more administration in this church. We need IT people. We could use desktop support. If you work on computers and said, you know what? I'd be glad to help out on computers. Pastor Daryl would love to meet you and talk to you. We need social media people. We need people to run. I mean, like all kinds of things that you don't normally think about. It's like there are so many things. And that's just in here. The things that God has for you to do out there, it multiplies. We're supposed to take the gospel out to the world. And we do so with our testimony and our gifts and our talents that he's been given when we steward them for the good of those around us and for the glory of God. Amanda, will you come up? And Amanda's going to lead us in a final song of worship as we close. Uh, if the ministry teams would come forward. I just want to invite you as we, as we close and as we worship this morning uh, as, to ask the Holy Spirit what he's saying to you this morning. What is he speaking? What gifts has he given you? What talents has he put in you to use for those around you, to steward for the glory of God? And when you hear what he puts on your heart, I just invite you to respond. Wherever that may be, wherever he's calling you to, whether it's in in this house or in your family or in your uh, home or business or school or wherever, but use it for the glory of God. Stand with us as we close in worship. And please, uh, if there's anything that you have need of for prayer, our ministry team would love to pray for you and agree with you. Remember how our God has never failed. He's never failed us. Remember. Oh, my soul, sing like the heavens 
close by reading one of the passages we read at the beginning of this series. It's from Matthew 9, verse 35. It says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Father, we pray earnestly this morning. Lord, I pray that you would give us the same compassion for those that are lost and hurting as you have, as Jesus had when he looked on the crowd. Lord, I pray that we couldn't walk through HEB or Walmart or school or down the street without our heart breaking when we see those hurting around us, Lord. Father, give us your compassion and let us be the ones to go and show them your love. Father, I pray that we would be the disciples that you have called us to be that we would proclaim the gospel, the good news, and we would pray earnestly that you would send out the labors into the harvest because the harvest is great, but the labors are few, Lord. Father, we ask that your kingdom would come, your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we trust you. We know that that your plans and purposes are complete and, and every day you are doing exactly what you want to do. Every word you've spoken is going to come back uh, bringing the fruit that you intended it to, Lord. No word that you've spoken has ever been uh, come back void, Lord. And we give you glory and honor and praise for that. Lord, we trust you and we want to work with you. I pray that you would open our eyes to see what you're doing around us, that we could participate with it. Open our ears to hear your voice and open our hearts to be obedient to respond. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. The ministry teams will continue to be available. They would love uh, to agree with you in prayer for anything that you have need. God bless you and have a great week.